I am teaching my cat to play Smash Brothers. What does your cat mean? My my cat main is Nintendo Cats. He doesn't know how to be anything other than a cat. But he's really good at attacking my Yoshi toy. I've been throwing it around and he's chasing it and tackling it and chewing on its little little uh little spikes and shit on the back of his head. And I should probably not encourage this too much because I like my Yoshi toy undestroyed, but at the same time he doesn't feel like chasing his other toys today. It's fun though. Also, I'm I need someone to beat my brother at Smash Brothers because it's not going to be me, and maybe the cat can do it. I haven't even played Min Min yet. I just realized. I have. I don't like her. She's weird in, in weird ways. Um, I lose to her a, a decent amount. Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. When I saw her gameplay, it's like it wasn't hooking me. So I'm kind of like, well... I mean, as as much as I like that character, like, that was my main in ARMS. It's like, well, well they picked my character. I don't necessarily want to, like, go boot up Smash right now. <laughs> sure. The These new characters they keep adding, I feel like, have a, a level of complexity to them I don't always like. Like, she plays... Because her, her ARMS are basically separate entities, and so she's got, like, an over-B that's like a Smash and an over-A that's like a Smash, and he just... Since no one else plays like that, I, I never know how to play her because I'm assuming I'm going to treat her like everybody else. Uh, it's kind of like the same with, like, Hero has a weird playstyle because he's got so many just big attacks that do a lot of damage. And then his down and B is like, oh, you can choose from, you know, four random attacks that do stuff. And they can be very, very different and you have to read quickly. And I don't know, like, I like the, the simplicity of Banjo. I don't play him because I don't and totally enjoy his kit but at least it like he feels like a smash brothers character whereas some of these other ones just at this point they kind of don't and i'll play him because it's fun like i like playing hero but i don't expect to do good with him like it's just sort of like oh let's fuck around and I'll, i'm gonna throw a bunch of fireballs and, and accidentally blow myself up now you know who i liked was um who's that fighter guy uh terry terry thank you um i think he's my favorite dlc character so far He's pretty cool. I I like his kit being like a fighting game kit. And I like how they captured King of Fighters the same way with Ryu. They capture Street Fighter mechanics. Yes. But for whatever reason, with Ryu, it's like, that's a cute gimmick, but I don't care. And then with Terry, the exact same thing. I love it, and I don't know why. <laughs> but he he's become my go-to, which is a little weird. Yeah. Because um, I also, I don't have an emotional attachment. I've never played King of Fighters. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, I, like, I typically play Ryu, but I've never played really his game either. Like, I just, he was there first, so I pick him. Ooh, I heard the pop of something. Was it a beer? Oh, no, it was a little uh, Limerita. Oh, those are fun. I, I'm miffed. Normally I get, like, the can. They didn't have the cans, so I got the 18-pack, which has, like, the cans are like a quarter of the size of a normal can. Oh, weird. So I feel like a woman. Like the, like my, my gigantic man hand is enveloping the whole can. <laughs> so I have, like three, grenade. I have like three of these on my desk. And it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to crack through all of these during the show and not get buzzed. Yeah, God. I drank a little bit yesterday. I've been trying to be good again. And I was yeah. doing okay. I, I, you know, I have been too. That's that's why I'm a little miffed. Is I was looking forward to drinking tonight, sure. And then they didn't have my go-to, 
I need to get some beer. I think I think I'll be easier to like stay good, but actually drink enough to consume like enough volume to feel like I did something. Cause basically like three ounces, three and a half ounces of liquor, like it's just not a lot. Like it, yeah, you're sipping on it, but it's it doesn't do much. Whereas like I can at least have a Guinness and be like, well, I had twelve ounces of beer. Yeah, I love um I love enjoying a very like nice craft beer. I never have enough to like really get sloshed over it. Yeah. Um but I get to savor the the flavor a little bit and there's like a mild buzz that follows and it's like that was a thing and it's mm-hmm. not like a self-destructive habit. Yeah, that that's kind of how I'm feeling about it too. There's like there's an economy to it where you could probably buy like five Guinnesses for one dragon's milk. And it's like, well, I feel less guilt yeah. <laughs> by spending too much on the expensive beer. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna splurge, I'll I'll do it in a way that's a this this route, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not gonna say the good route, but oh boy! So we're we're talking about Yoshi. Did did you follow all those Nintendo leaks? Yeah, I kept seeing all these cursed images of like what Yoshi was supposed to look like, and I'm just dude, like, I love that! I love that beta Yoshi. He looked it like a dinosaur. Weird. He did. That's the thing. It's like, I I get where they went with the redesign. And I'm pretty sure this was just a placeholder that they had to work with for game design purposes. Yeah. Um. But it, it's interesting that Baby Yoshi has the same, like, deformed skull. Like, they never updated what the Baby Yoshi looks like. So it's weird saying, like, oh, that's what he was supposed to, like, grow up into. Mm-hmm. Um... The Mario 64 stuff is what's really amazing me, though. I didn't see actually any of that. So, that's that's the interesting part. They found um, Luigi. There's a Luigi model that they were working with. That's, uh... I think, really, it was just the head. Because the, the way that games work... Um, Mario's body is all, like, colored polygons. It's not actually, like, a texture. Oh, interesting. So they just, like, the Luigi is, his body, like, scales vertically a bit, and then they put on the Luigi head. Huh. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, because it's not, it's not actually that big of a change, so it's kind of like, man, why didn't they just put him in there? Um, I think originally they also wanted you to be able to ride Yoshi, and so the fact that Yoshi was, like, a weird Easter egg at the end was kind of interesting, because they could have just cut that. Yeah. Um... But they, they included that, so it's like, well, why not include Luigi somehow? Like, how how odd. So seeing Luigi as real is interesting. It's just that this coincides with that prophecy date. There's a prophecy date? Yeah, so it, have you played Mario 64? Uh, yes. It's been a while. Uh, the, do you remember the fountain in the back? Uh, yeah. So there's that, there's a, like a star statue in the fountain. And okay. what's what's weird is um, there's like a little plaque there, but it's so like Nintendo 64 texture grainy that you can't actually make out what it says. Uh, years ago, people decided that what was being written there is on the larger letters. You can make out L is real 2401 or no 2404. I'm guessing the L is Luigi. Well, that was the theory, and it, it was more like a it's more like a joke. That there's a conspiracy theory that Luigi's real. But what's weird is that that date, that was the date of the leak that came out. Oh, really? 
like we're talking 10 years after this joke, which means whoever at Nintendo that got these files is totally aware of this <laughs> and released it on that date on purpose. That's funny. Um, so it just it's very interesting to just to to not only get this huge leak on the prophecy date, but also specifically Luigi in Mario sixty four. Um, there's also uh, an enemy that got cut, but it fully works. There's like a model and design for it, and people were actually able to take the data and mod it into Mario sixty four, and it runs in the game. Oh wow! It was an enemy on the fire level that. It's kind of like that bomb boss that would pick you up Mario and throw him. Yep. So it's just on one of those bully platforms. Oh, Instead of the big bully. Yeah. Instead of the big bully, it would have been this robot with a cute little head, and he like picks up Mario and throws him into the lava. That's cool. Um, and it just it's interesting that the data works. There's all the uh, the uncompressed voice lines from Star Fox sixty four. <laughs> um. So hearing those crystal clear, it's like surreal. Oh sure. It, it's it's not just fascinating, it's like actually um like especially with Peppy just passed away. Really? Yeah, this year. He's also the voice of Soldier in Team Fortress 2 and many 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 more things. But if you spend time on the internet like watching YouTube, you've probably heard Soldier and Peppy quotes a lot. Yeah. So it's just weird hearing like do a barrel roll in crystal clear uncompressed audio. And it's like, man, I it, like it hit me in its emotional way. Sure. Uh, there's sprites for a, a Legend of Zelda three. There's not a lot to go on there, but there's just there's so much information in this. Uh, it's just a gigabyte too. <laughs> uh, old games. That's pretty cool. I, I guess yeah. I only saw the stuff that was like shared. Is like, look at this weird thing, and so kind of surprised I missed the uh, the Mario sixty four stuff. Super, um, I love the, the rejected, um, or not rejected, but unused character designs for Star Fox. Oh, but those are pretty fun. Yeah, well, what's weird is, like, there's a bunch of animals. Right. And also a black lady. Oh, really? Which is, like, they were clearly experimenting with, like, different uh, silhouettes and and concepts. But if they put a human in the game, that would have completely, like, there's a parallel universe right now. Where they never went around and created Crystal, because they already had like a popular female character. Sure. And that would completely reshape the whole furry community. It would. In a bad way. Trying to find, uh, I, I googled it, and of course the first thing I get is Eurogamer, and the first thing it's telling me to do is turn my ad blocker off. It's like, no. <clears throat> so now I'm trying to find a non-fan art of this, which might be... Of the Star Fox? Yeah. I sent you, I sent you one that has the goat and the and the human. Um, there were more, and I'm having trouble finding it now. See, that's the other part. There's so much like fan art that has come of these characters that never got released. Yeah, that it, I love the internet for that, but it makes it hard to find the original. Yeah, it's almost like um, with Star Fox Two, we at least knew about it, and there's a lot of fan art for the two characters in that that never saw the light of day. Yeah. With this, it's like a whole new level. You know the the lady though. I don't. I like her design a lot. She just it just doesn't fit with like. Look at all these talking animals. Well, and that's then the, the thing. one human. Like it, it is a little weird. Yeah, she actually does have a really good design. Like these are not um, 
these are not just like throwaway designs. What's really interesting is that I would expect them to maybe use these later, and I don't know why they don't. Right. Um. Did you see the Pokemon Gold beta that leaked last year? No. So the uh, a, an interesting Pokemon Gold beta leak. It had like a hundred placeholder Pokemon. That's a lot. Yeah, there were so many designs that were better than current designs that everyone kept saying, like, well, how, there's a cool shark with, like, an anchor for a tail. Why just put that in instead of the stupid jingly keys? <laughs> hey, here's a here's a bumblebee, and I want a plush of it. I looked on Etsy. People are selling plushes of it already. Why did you put an ice cream cone in the game? Okay, now I got to go back to Etsy. I want to see this bumblebee plush. Um, let me Pokemon see. Pokemon Gold bumblebee. Beta Sprites. Or maybe just Pokemon B. There's a Pikachu. Ooh. I was just on Etsy. I bought another, uh, another <laughs> mask. We're, we're going to be doing those in Wisconsin now. And I was like, well, this is an excuse. Oh, my God. Okay. I type in Pokemon B. And I scroll down. I'm like, okay, there's a couple things. There's stuff that's not applying. But at least it's still Pokemon. And at the very end of the first page is a Charmy Dildo. Charmy B? I guess. Yay! Because that's from Sonic, right? Yeah. Wow, it's, it's got a Team really... Chaotix. It's got a point on it. It looks... Nice. Uh, nice. I like how the top review is super adorable and arrived on time. I was like, I don't think anything about this is adorable. Well, it's like I love flaming the idea. red. <laughs> I love the idea of, like, arrived on time. Like, I, I'm glad that it didn't come early, but it... That didn't work at all. Okay. Apparently, they have a, a, a Mjolnir dildo. That's cool. I sent Forged you the Pokemon the sprites. Of Dick Smiths. Do you want to talk about Pokemon sprites or, or more dildos? No, we should probably talk about Pokemon sprites and not dildos. Though now that I'm here, it's really hard to uh, to not so, keep clicking random dildos. So in the beta, wow, this one's actually kind of cool. It looks like something out of Starcraft. Let me see. Like, 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 we need to construct additional pylons. For the listeners, it, it is a weird shade of, like, orange-red maroon, and it, it looks like, like xenomorphs would hide in it. And it's got spikes at the bottom. You know, honestly, I feel like the, the spines on the bottom, like, that probably works, right? I, I works how, like... I feel like there's a function there. Maybe. I feel like if you own this and put it on a shelf, like a bookshelf, someone would think, like, oh, that must be from a fantasy book. Looks a little weird, doesn't it? But only from certain angles. I think from the other angle, it looks like a dick. Well, no, I love, um, I love seeing, like, 40k pictures where someone has, like, their Tyranid collection, but they'll, like, they'll, like, stealth a dildo in, like, in between a couple of the bigger models and just see if anyone notices. (laughs) Nice. Okay, I loaded up the sprite sheet. So, it, like, the top half are all the, like, original Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And halfway down, you'll see the, the gold and silver Pokemon. But most of those did not make it to the game. Yeah, I don't recognize quite a few of these. Quite a few of them look great. <laughs> the owl, like, who who would have evolved into a cool-looking owl? Um, There's a, there's a baby version of T- Tangela that evolves into a cool Tangela. Um, like baby Pikachu bugs. look better. Seen some like, like a weird spider thing. I don't think I recognize. Yeah, the original design for the spider I thought actually looked more like a Pokemon. 
I wish this was bigger. Um, can you open it full? I mean, I opened it, but I, I wonder if I can uh, if I can download it and make it bigger. I wonder if I try Download. This. Open with photos. If you click on that link. Thanks for being helpful, Facebook. There we go. Zooming in. Um, let's see here. Is that a different scyther? Like, his hands look different. Um, got, like, eyes on him. Where is that? Danmar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bottom. So, yeah, um, scyther would have evolved into, like, super scyther instead of scissor, which has a much more, like, metal theme to it. But yeah. also next to that, pincer evolves also. Yeah, he's got a third horn. It's and like I like that design, Hercules but we beetle. never got that. Um, there's an alternate version of, of uh, Victory Bell. There's a different Slowbro evolution that we didn't get. On top of Slowking, Slowking is there. The uh, the Frog King there is different. Oh, I like the Frog one. Yeah, the, there's so much fan art of a lot of these designs. It's so kind it's like of a, amazing that they didn't use them. A different Eevee evolution. There's a little cat with a bell on its tail. Yeah, that one's cute. The, they're cute. really solid. Yeah, there's some really good stuff here. Oh, I like this eel. Yeah, the eel is really cool. Um, I like uh, the weird Lickitung evolution, where it has like a big whisker. Uh, where is that? That is so much better than Licky Licky, which is the evolution we actually got. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of funny looking. He looks like someone that would try to sell me something, and when I was like, no, his tongue would just flop out of his mouth, and he'd be like, how about now? I like, um, do you see that swan? Yes. It's like a masked magician. Yeah. Kind of look, like that would have been Farfetch's evolution. Farfetch turns into a swan, I like it. That, yeah, these, yeah. Are, these are pretty fun. Yeah, they're really fun. So it's bizarre that they wouldn't just use some of these designs later. There's like a um, sunflower that's pretty cool. Yeah. How the fuck have we of... not gotten like a sunflower? We did. Oh, is it bad? Um, actually it's it's cute. It's not too far off from that one. Okay. Um Let's see. But uh what in the world? That's not canon. Get that out of here. But yeah, I love seeing these betas. Because it is... it's <laughs> I like the development process. You know, yeah. I love behind the scenes. It's it's fun to see like stuff like that, and um, I wish like me and Joe had more stuff of that with our game. But since we're such a small team, like anything we made kind of had to go in in some degree. Otherwise, it was a waste of time. Yeah, you know, I, I do understand quite that a bit, quite a bit leaner, but like it's just crazy. Like they had time to design. It makes me wonder how many designs for the first 150 didn't make it in the game, right? And it did they turn into the next 100, or did they just get scrapped altogether? You know, the first one was such a incomplete rush. I I don't think they actually scrapped a lot. <laughs> that mm. that first one was actually really jank and incomplete. Um, it always felt really complete, but I was also like eight. Well, yeah. Apparently, um, you, you know how with gold silver, there's like the other half of the continent, and then you can actually go back. Yes. Like, that was the original plan, was a continent that big. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were they were a little ambitious at the start. And actually, when they were finished with the game, it was like five times too big for the Game Boy cartridge. And so they went to Nintendo and said, we can't make it fit. It's not even, it's like, it's not even as big as we wanted it to be, and we can't make it fit. And Miyamoto, like, personally, like, helped them reprogram it to compress it down to fit. Oh, wow. 
But that's also partially why there's so many bugs with it. Like, that game is riddled with issues. Missing number. I like missing number. Oh, to duplicate Master Balls. Because let's be real, you don't want to catch all that fucking stuff the, the true way. That takes too long. That's difficult. It's not that difficult. I, I thought it was difficult. I was impatient. You're a child. I go, was. Go to your room. Had my level 100 Golduck, because that was also a weird glitch, as you could find one of those. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that Hyper was B. That, that's the... That game was so weird. I don't know if his moveset ever made any sense, but it was really good. It was like, here's a Golduck. Golduck's cool. Here's like a bunch of awesome moves he has for no reason. Also, he's level 100. He'll fuck shit up. And you're like, hi, Elite Four. Remember when you beat me up the other day? I've come with the Pokemon equivalent of a tank. Oh, boy. I'm so disappointed in... Wait, I can't remember. Sword and Shield? Yeah. Kerkling, Kerkling. Also not good. That's the sound swords make when they hit shields. They do. That is correct. I did it. Oh, man. Talk about incomplete game. The, the DLC for that, so that you get, like, two extra islands is $30. How big are the islands? I don't know. I it the game is not complete when it launched and playing through it it's like it, you you have no right charging for more like this is embarrassing that's too bad it is embarrassing like i know it's a kids game but it's so weird like objectively like it's it does not run well oh I boy always, uh... You said islands, and it made me think of the Orange Island arc in Pokemon the anime, and I was like, I always wish those had shown up in a game, and maybe they did it at some point. Yeah, everyone did. There's a there's a weird, um, I think everyone experienced a lot of things similar back when, like, we didn't all have, like, the internet, so yeah. it's like, you, you don't have a lot of choices, and Pokemon's on TV, so you watch that. And so, and it came out at a specific time where Gold and Silver didn't start yet. So it's like, oh, the 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 new game's going to be about the Orange Islands. I read it in Nintendo magazine. It's like, well, why would you, why would that be a Nintendo magazine? You shut up. Your your dad's a janitor. <laughs> that's that's it, literally a conversation we had once. Oh, dice. It wasn't about Pokemon though. It was about Beast Wars. Because someone oh, said Beast like Wars is fun. someone got a new toy. They got the polar bear, and and I was like, oh, that's cool. Polar bears are neat. And other kids said, "Oh, I saw, I saw that. He's going to be in the show. I saw it in Nintendo Power Magazine." And the other guy was like, "Well, that that's not on Nintendo, or that's not Nintendo thing. That's like, that's on TV. What are you talking about?" And someone else is like, "Why do you get Nintendo Power? You don't have a Nintendo." He's like, "Shut up. My dad's <laughs> a doctor, and yours is a janitor." Oh, jeez. And it's like your dad's not a doctor, and then he like kicked him and ran away. <laughs> 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 I just kind of like, like the days. idea of going like, shut up, your dad's a janitor, is like an insult. <laughs> but at the same time, I work in the same department with the custodians, and it, they have a hard job, and I don't want to belittle them. But it's just, just such a funny thing to say, because it's a dumb non-sequitur. What's the thing? Like, it, that statement means literally nothing. I know. So it's just <laughs> like, using that as a bullet point is kind well, of like, it's oh, sort of like, okay. Well, my dad works at Nintendo, or my uncle works at Nintendo. It's like, shut up, no he doesn't, he's a janitor. Like, well, he would use the janitor at Nintendo. Checkmate, oh, atheists. Shit. He's gonna leak everything. He's gonna soak up all the secrets in his mop and leak them later. I think one of the reasons why I wanted the Orange Islands to be in the game is just because of the way the gyms were in the anime. 
wasn't just fighting. It was like, no, we're going to surf. You have to beat me in a surfing contest. Nash is like, okay, here's my Lapras that I can literally like sit on and ride like a giant horsey. Um, I guess we're surfing now. So it's funny. Uh, that was kind of the premise of um, the uh, Sun and Moon, where it was like Hawaiian Islands. Oh. And the idea was like you travel to the different islands and you challenge like the, the island leader but there would be like weird, um, not not necessarily mini games, but it's like, oh, my my challenge to prove that you're worthy of this tiki mask Pokemon is you have to travel through the maze of the forest, but there's ghosts in the maze, and so there's like a theme to it, and it didn't feel like the same straightforward thing. Sure. And what was cute was this was also like a new idea where they're like, hey, uh, other countries have a have a Pokemon League. So we want to get, like, certified and turn this thing that's our tradition into our own kind of Pokemon League. And so Professor Oak and Ash's mom show up, and Professor Oak has, like, a tan because they're just going on vacation because they, they fuck while Ash is around. <laughs> and that was just, that's canon in the game now. I love that. Nice. Um, Boy, I, I... People are really mean about that beta Yoshi, but I gotta say, I love them. Do you ever that's think what, about when you were playing? I just wanted to when, say that when you were young and playing Pokemon, like if Pokemon was real, would your parents let you go on like an actual Pokemon journey? Not when I'm ten, no. Yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking too. And I was like, man, I'd go out, and it's like, no, I wouldn't. That would they would they would hard know that, and probably for really good reason. Well, that's the thing. I was trying to figure out like, like I, I had this idea for a short story once that was just like, um like CSI but they they just like round up all the 10-year-old bodies in the forest like like realistically <laughs> yeah there's a I, it what gets me is like I feel like part of the premise was that you're going on an adventure and your pokemon are there to help you but there's also adults that know what they're doing and like this kid has a ratata like like it's sort of <laughs> it, it's it's cute that there's like a mob boss that takes over a whole city, but then you as a ten year old like overthrow him. Which never made any sense because like even if you beat his Pokemon, he could still just pull a gun on you. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the question mark. It was like is the implication that if he did anything, your Pokemon would kill him? Like there's this like understood rule that it's like oh you beat me at a children's card game. Well, yeah, I still have my honor. You may pass, like, like with so much at stake. Um, it, it it's interesting. That's why I liked black and white. Like, part of the the plan was um, Team Plasma was going around and they were like doing that PETA thing, where yeah. it's like we should release Pokemon. And the evil plan, like the reveal, was they were just trying to trick everyone into disarming. Like it was literally like you don't have your Pokemon, so you can't defend yourself now. And then they invaded. And it's like, oh, you're just acknowledging that Pokemon are weapons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of... It, it almost, like, put too much thought into the setting. Did, to me, like, too... Because in the anime, Pokemon were clearly more than just animals. Like, they they responded and it were emotion emotive to some degree, right? Like, and, and so it's like, do they... Do the Pokemon that are being used for evil know that? Do they care? Do they like it? If you were like, hey, Ekans, I want you to stick your tail in a place the tail's not supposed to be stuck, would he be like, yeah? Or would he be look at you like, that's weird, why'd you tell me to do that? I'm you not know, Molestro. Like, canonically, Gardevoir, like, 
it's into trainers. Isn't that the one there's a lot of porn of? You're describing many Pokemon. I but know, yes. I was being vague. <laughs> um, yeah, Gardevoir is the one that it starts off like a little girl and then it evolves into like a wedding dress. Yeah, that's such a fucking weird designed creature. I don't like it. Um, it, yeah, it, there's a lot of weird. Wait, what's the one? Um, I like Baneri, but it's kind of weird because it evolves into Lopunny, which is like a really leggy feminine figure. And it's like, well, that's a, you know, I see what they're going for there, but it's not that bad. And then they gave it a mega evolution where it just puts on like tights that are torn. Oh. And it like draws too much attention to its legs in a weird, like kinky way. Sure. Um, where it's like, I, you didn't need to do that. I like that tweet I sent you where the, it, a guy was about Incineroar. And it probably wasn't even like a real thing that happened, but the Twitter handle was, uh, Incineroar's massive schlong. And the guy's like, I just woke up from uh, having my wisdom teeth removed, and the nurse asked me why I kept bringing up Incineroar. Oh no, I did see that. <laughs> and that made me laugh really hard. It's just stupid enough to maybe be true. And even if it's not, I don't care. It's funny. <laughs> no, I love that. I also I have an Incineroar amiibo on my desk. Oh, nice. So when I read that, I was like, oh no, I have to, I have to burn this. Yeah, this is a weird Pokemon because it, its legs look too humanish. And there's also like a lot of um like I'm sending you canon art. This is actually from the anime here. Where there's like a really good like thigh shot there. That is a really good thigh shot. Where it's like that doesn't have to be. It didn't need to do that. I don't like the one thing that's great about Mr. Mime is there's nothing sexual about him, so he still has like the human figure. Are you he's kidding? also kind of revolting. Ash's dad, there's nothing sexual about him. This, there's no, I don't believe in the theory that Ash's mom fucks the Mr. Mime. My favorite, my my absolute favorite Mr. Mime picture is um is this one here, where it's like he he basically like serves as uh, like Ash's mom's only companion in the house, right? And he's very like human shaped. Yeah. But then this is shot in the anime where he's sitting on the floor and eating dog food next to oh. Pikachu. Yeah, that's creepy as shit. <laughs> Something about it's so creepy because he could, he's well behaved. He could sit at the table. There's an open seat at the table, and and Ash's mom is like, "No, you f you eat your food off the food off the floor like an animal." Like even seeing Pikachu eat off the floor is weird. Like Pikachu is like the he's got so much personality and it's he. He's basically a person who can't talk and shoots electricity, right? Like, he does so much stuff in the anime that is clearly, like, he's not an animal. He is something beyond that. And it's like, no, you have to eat on the floor out of a dog dish. Dumb yellow rat. Yeah, I hate that picture so much. It's awful. I, I, I'm going to stop looking at it. It's one, horrible. <laughs> what, one, of, one of my other favorite, um, there's a comic. And someone... Had like they, they're, they're Pokemon trainer. They they got the Pokedex. So they caught their first Pokemon. They caught Pidgey, and Pokedex says Pidgey is the small bird Pokemon. It blah blah these seeds, and then and like the trainer's sitting there, and then he's like, "What's a bird?" <laughs> I always I did po wonder how Pokemon's weird. Yeah, like how their world functions if all of their animals are that violent, and like which ones they eat. Well, and that's that's something that's strange. Like they actually bring that up sometimes, where like 
um, it explains that like Firo or Ekans like eat Ratata all the time. Yeah, but it's like, but also that's all. It's fine. Yours is safe because it's yours. Yep. And then like Gary's dies, <laughs> like he his, his Raticate just literally dies, and he he buries it. Like you see him like leaving the graveyard, and he, and he never has to Raticate with him again. And his attitude's like different after that. I wonder what he did. It's just it's weird. Pokemon's one of the settings that you shouldn't think about too much. Because it's not it's actually so fleshed out. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like Harry Potter. There's just it, enough world building to be fun, but none of it really makes sense if you think about it. But it's also, like, again, um, just like Harry Potter, there's a bunch of logistical things where it's like, well, this Pokemon it could literally destroy cities if it got angry. Yeah. But we'll let children tame them. Because children are, are, are not emotional at all. I would love for Stephen King to write a Pokemon fanfic. Like, for him to get fever dream drunk and then just write something for a couple hours, I would I would love to know what he would come up with. I feel like his would turn more into, like, JoJo, where there's spirits that are tied to, like, your subconscious. Probably. Um, But if you told me it had to be literally Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> if you restrict him in that way, that would be a fun story. Because I don't know how much he knows about it, and so it's like, well, he knows, he's got to know Pikachu, because Pikachu's really popular, and a lot some of the other ones. But yeah, that would be if I if I ever cornered him, that that wouldn't be what I would ask him. But it like a, if I cornered him two times, that would be the, the second time I'd be like, I got a, I got a Pokemon question for you. You know, it's really funny, and I it pains me that I can't remember the author's name or the name of this book. But for Comic Con one year, I wanted to go to a panel, and so I got into the room before the panel started, and it's like, okay, I'll just sit through this one. I don't even know who this guy is. He was super fascinating. I don't. He he wrote a lot of books, um. But he he had the best stories. Like he was a really good storyteller, and he was just telling about. Oh, I met this guy, and, this, and he kept making jokes about how like well, I see you guys in cosplay. I, I know you're here for Avatar, but that's in like three hours. So, um, like, does anyone want to hear about my book? That's okay if you don't. I'll an- I'll answer questions about Avatar. <laughs> like it was. He was totally aware. Like they gave nice. him a room that was too big for him. Sure. Um. But he. He would share stories. Like someone just asked him, like, like, well, what's the weirdest story you ever have? Or, or I think one of them was like, literally, like, well, as a your professional author, do you ever do fan fiction of like your favorite thing that you can't actually do? And he said that he actually, um, he accidentally wrote a book where a friend of his, that's also an author, said, um, like, I, oh, you. You blah, 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 you don't write good, blah, blah, blah. You could just turn anything into a book. And he's like, no, challenge me. Just give me give me something, and I'll I'll write a book out of it, and it'll be good. And so, okay, just, it's, um, you have to you have to write a Pokemon story. And it's about, um, it's about, like, all the, the elements of the world are in balance, and you have to save all the Pokemon to save the world. He said, okay, I'll write a book. And so he sat down, and he started playing with the ideas, and he accidentally fell in love with the concept, so he just like wrote an actual book. Oh wow! He like he plowed it through. Like he the ideas came to him so fast, and it turned out really good. So he gave it to his publisher, and the publisher was like, "Yeah, we can get this made." And so then like the 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 um, bet was up, and the friend's like, "Okay, let me see your your Pokemon fan fiction." And he's like, "Well, I can't give it to you because I I gave it to my publisher, and I'm I can't share it until it's actually published." He's like, oh, you're, you're fucking lying. You lose the bet. 
And so he had to buy him lunch, but then later, like, he gave him the book, like, with the, <laughs> with, like, the gold stamp on the top and signed. And he's like, here's my Pokemon fan fiction I told you about, <laughs> like, a year later. <laughs> I wonder who that was. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It was, it was interesting. Um, and it, it, again, it kills me that I can't remember his name. Oh, boy. Because that was a fun story. And he, he was a fun guy. Honestly, I'd like to support him, so I feel bad. Yeah. Um, what, uh, we still got a little time left. I don't want to start a whole, like, whole subject. Let me, we're talking about Pokemon a bit. This wasn't really going to be a glad space because I I wouldn't call it a glad thing. But the other week we were talking about, like, like cringy media and alternative sources of entertainment. Yep. So I've always had, like, cursory knowledge of Chris Chan. Oh, sure. I, I don't know how much, like, Chris Chan stuff you know. I know enough. So I didn't realize how deep the well went. The well goes fucking weirdly deep. Like, I was joking with a friend, but the joke turned reality, where it's like, this is literally heavier than, like, 40k lore. <laughs> like, there is a documentary series on YouTube, and each episode of the series is, like, 40 minutes, and it's a 40-part like there is a lot to cover with this guy. Right. And I'm I'm on episode 10 and I'm like shouting at my computer screen like no, don't do it. Like I'm getting emotional watching this. I cannot I'm I'm deeply fascinated and I can't believe I haven't heard about some of this like sooner. But it's also like left me deeply I don't know, I've been like thinking about the nature of life and humanity. <laughs> like he the 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 torture that this guy goes through um it's, uh, is it's kind of tragic like it's my understanding is uh christian someone with some level of like mental illness or autism became this huge internet sensation on 4chan and they just started harassing him and documenting everything and uh you know they fought, they doxed him found out where he lived would send him stuff and just it it spiraled out of control into this really perverted, gross, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Harassment, uh, yeah. campaign. No, it, it, it's literally harassment. Um, it, it's also, it's interesting because he, he does clearly have some kind of thing going on, but I don't know that he's ever been like officially diagnosed correctly. Because he, he seems to get, like, a check from the government for being autistic or something. Like, he he can't hold a job. Right. But also, he got a degree in computer sciences. He got, like, CAD certified. Which oh. should... It, that would allow you to actually make decent money. Right. He just... He, like... He got his degree and then literally said, I'll get a job after I get a girlfriend. And I'm on, like, year five now since he got... <laughs> since he graduated. And it's like some one of the trolls like brought up like didn't you get a degree why don't you have a job yet it's like well I'm, I'm looking for true love first and it's like man why did you why did you bother with the degree because he seems to be living fine without it mm-hmm. um some of this stuff it's like you could you could stop interacting with these people that are clearly abusing you but you don't and I think it's because no one's giving him positive reinforcement. Like, his, I think his parents are, like, borderline abusive, the way they kind of just neglect him to his own devices. 
It, it, it always seemed weird, like kind of unethical, that all this stuff about him would exist when it really shouldn't. It's like someone someone needed to set up some kind of boundary with with the computer thing, but at, he clearly got old enough to make his own decisions in a way. Like I don't know. It's such a weird. Yeah, he he's thing. um he has his own car. Um, he can drive wherever he wants. Like he he is a a functioning adult. And I think there's just there's no pressure for him to go outside, so he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, he kind of like I I feel like he he did the comics like the Sonichu comics to tell a cute story that he he just wanted to tell a story, and it's like a power fantasy about like him and his fan fiction character, and it's like something that he can own because he made the character. Right. At some point, it like pivoted a little bit where it was like an autobiographical thing where. He got kicked out of a Walmart once, and so he just, like, illustrated the security guards chasing him out of Walmart and talked about how big jerks they are. And his mom said, well, don't, okay, don't do, don't, don't do stories about you anymore. You should just do your, your Sonic characters. But at that point, he started to, like, blend the fantasy with the reality, where it's like, okay, I won't do the autobiographical stuff anymore. But then every character in action is, like, a reflection of stuff that's actually going on in his life. Okay. Where the fantasy line got blurred a bit. And so I think he, like, kind of set himself up to make bad decisions at that impasse. Where he thinks that he's more popular than he is. And he, he has, like, a mental image of himself that he's cooler than he is. So when a when a girl shows up online and emails, hey, you're really handsome, he's just willing to believe it. Because he, he already thinks of himself as attractive. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, if a girl were to email me, it's like, I'll, I'll call the police and say, some man <laughs> is stalking me. <laughs> yeah, it's it like, no better. It is a weird, weird thing that it's one of those things that can only happen because of the internet. That's what I've been really thinking about. Um, like, not, not to get into politics or anything, but it's like, I, I, I have my political Twitter, and it's like, boy, people act differently here than anywhere else. Sure. And it's like the internet offers a very specific form of communication that hasn't existed before, and we're still learning how to communicate on it. But while we're still learning, we're like pedal to the metal, full speed ahead. And that's how we get, you know, situations like Chris Chan. Mm-hmm. Um, I So the other part of this that's really fascinating, it's not just interesting to see his life and the decisions he makes and stuff. There's like a certain amount of um of empathy, uh, specifically as a creative that isn't successful. It, like I don't think of myself as like aspiring to sell comics, but I do draw my own comics. Right. And it's to entertain myself more than anything. But it's also like whenever I publish one, it's like I hope someone likes it. Oh, for sure. And there's an element of that where he he draws these like stupid Sonic fan fiction things, but it's also like endearing. Where I, it's like, man, I kind of, <laughs> like, I relate to Chris Chan too much. Where it's, I'm watching this and it's like, I want things to get better even though I know they won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... There's a certain, like, level of probably, like, self-actualization, right? And narcissism and all that where we can all put stuff on the internet and a lot of us do. Like, I watched a song on YouTube today and, like, the next ten videos that recommended were reaction videos. Look at this stranger who doesn't have any business in the music industry make faces and talk about how awesome he thinks the song is or how much he doesn't like it. 
and that has a ton of views. Like that, that's content people want for whatever reason. And just we're we all have the ability now to be famous or pseudo famous, and it's hard not to want to go for that, right? Because I think deep down we all want more than just our little circle of family and friends to know who we are. Like we want to feel important. We want to be the main character in our stories. And the internet allows that, but it allows it in a very unchecked way most of the time, and it and things can really turn ugly really fast, depending on why people are paying attention to you. And depending on how you respond to that, then, really, you, you can make it worse. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, too, <clears throat> to me. With the, with the documentary, the narrator's very good about being impartial. And he just basically, he gives you all the information. Like, this is actually a very well-produced uh, series. But part of it is kind of like, um, there'll be a couple lines here and there where it's like, at this point, Chris could have chosen to stop interacting with these people. Right. But after, like, two weeks, he, like, logged back into the mumble chat and and had this phone call with him. And he just kind of, like, pretends that they're his friends again after, like, something horrible happened. He'll just, like, show up again and, like, talk. And they're almost not sure if he remembered what happened last time or not. You know, it's, like, it's it's kind of weird where it's, like, is he is he interpreting this interaction as, like, the best he can get? Or is he just, like, looking at the positives of it and ignoring the bad? Like, it's interesting to think about what's going through his head. Right. Since he, he interprets, you know, signals differently anyways be- because of the nature of autism. Sure. Um, and then, of course, none of these people are good <laughs> at all. So they're they're reinforcing it in the worst way as possible. Yeah, it, it it always felt like it's like you're watching a sheep just walk into a herd of wolves, pack of wolves. A little bit. Um, there was one. There was one interesting one where they they set him up with a date. And they got this lady to show up and just, like, basically put up with him for, like, an hour at the mall. And it's, like, they they recorded the whole thing. Like, she had a mic on her in her purse. That's so horrible. So, well, yeah. And, and basically just let him on for, like, an hour. And there's this thing. He, he really doesn't like pickles. Have you heard that? No. There's a whole thing with pickles where he, like, he just he brings up that he doesn't like pickles. Later he starts using the word pickle as like a euphemism for dick. So it's like, well, wait, was he just saying, I don't like dick all the time. Like it's this, it's kind of a weird, um, like it, does he think about this all the time? And that's why he keeps bringing it up. Like he's telling himself that he's not gay. Cause he like, he will frequently point out that he's not gay, like unprovoked. Oh, huh. And so that that becomes a symbol of the trolls where they whenever they want to leave a signature, they leave a photo of this black guy wearing a pickle suit like for Halloween. So at the mall, they have this date and they're recording the whole thing. Um, and she's kind of like, well, yeah, this is really nice. Um, but I, I think I got to get going. He's like, OK, it's nice to meet you. And then a, a guy dressed in a pickle shows up and just walks by and goes, hey, you're cute. Want to go see Watchmen? And she's like, oh, sure. And he like steals his date. While he's wearing a pickle suit. Oh, wow. As if that's just normal. And and Chris knows what this is. So he's like, oh, don't don't talk to him. He's, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that's harassing me. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's nice. And so she leaves with him. 
and then like calls him later and says, "I Chris, I don't know why you don't like men in pickle suits. He's very nice. He treated me very nice, and he wasn't touchy like you were. And so I gave him the whole thing because he earned it. And it's just like." I don't understand what's going through anyone's heads anymore, where they've clearly taken it far too far. Well, it's like they don't see him as, like, a person, right? And so they're like, well, it's okay to be cruel to him because it'll be funny on the internet. Like At, at one point, that's what it felt like. But they cross a line where it's like, are the trolls autistic too? Because they have too much time to dedicate to these elaborate schemes. Sure. and Because the, here's the other part. At the same time this date was going on, this other guy was able to coordinate like a dozen hookers to show up at his house and bother his dad. Like this is really coordinated, complex uh, trolling. It's so elaborate that it it you 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 hear these stories and none of it sounds real. Like it sounds like something you'd see on Comedy Central or on Adult Swim late at night. Like it, it's so hard to believe any of this happened and any of these are real people doing this because it's so stupid it, and like you said, it's so elaborate. Like. It's like an episode of, like, Always Sunny. Yeah. Where it's like, the humor is that it's so over the top that this couldn't possibly happen. Right. Um, It's all, it's very, I don't know. So it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a very difficult watch. Um, I'm fascinated by it. Partially, like, I have my own, like, problems that I relate to in a way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's scratching an itch to just like watch someone that's worse off than me so I can feel better about myself. Like I in a weird like selfish way it's like well at least I'm not Chris Chan. Sure. They'll never underhand uh Bloshi, my character. <laughs> um and I don't like blowjobs. Stop saying it. Uh but it's also it's a very interesting um not not just study on autism but also a study on on internet culture. Because this is a part of history at this point. Like, Christian shows up places still to this day. Oh, right, I checked, right. I checked his Twitter, too. Like, he still, like, interacts with fans and gets new fan art. Like, it's it's interesting that this feels like it should be a bubble that happened. Like, oh, remember back in 2005 when we talked about Christian? But it's like, no, it's still relevant. Yeah, you, you're waiting for someone to be like, oh, that was a funny, uh, really elaborate piece of, like modern art we play it on you guys like you know none of it's real right like like everyone comes out and they're all actors this whole time and then it's not because he's still got a twitter and and it is i guess active and people are i don't know it, it's so weird um there's a headline i read today that's uh i guess kind of tangentially related to this at least it reminded me but some some singer somewhat underground uh put out a song like a decade or more ago and then faded into obscurity and so the song ended up getting a resurgence because it either got remixed or they found it and it's been used in a lot of TikTok videos. And she basically tweeted out like, hey, don't stream or download this song. Sony never paid me and apparently I owe them like, owe them like $800,000 for this record they financed that didn't sell enough copies to pay itself back. So fuck Sony. If you want to do something, I have like a second music project. Go find this one or... If you're really like paying attention to me now, because I'm trending on Twitter, like donate to these charities. They they help people. Like, but don't help the record companies. And uh, you bringing up Christian kind of reminded me of that. Where like this is like a this 2005 thing that you're bringing up in 2020, and then you find out that oh yeah, he's still a person. He's still alive. Like, you know, people don't disappear because you stop thinking about them. And it's sort of the same thing. Like this this person 
almost had a successful music career and then didn't. And it still follows them in, in the form of, of, of debt and probably not being able to really break back into the music industry due to bridges burned or just the hierarchy that is the music industry. It's a fucking awful industry. What's her name? Rebecca Black? No, this is somebody else, though. No, Rebecca no, Black's but, an interesting one. But with her, like, she's going to be like a great grandma on her deathbed and someone's going to go, can you hold out one more day? Because it, <laughs> it would be great if you pass tomorrow. <laughs> Friday. I'm just, I mean, it, it, you, you know, we love you, Grandma, but I'm just thinking about the clicks. It, we, we, we could totally be vibing tomorrow. Come on, Grandma. The great thing about her is she seems like she's actually, like, turned into a, she, she had a horrible experience. Like, she made a song and a music video because she, she wanted to because it sounded fun and her parents could afford her to do it, right? That was all it is. And then it exploded. Um, but she's still apparently making music and she's obviously, like, become fairly numb and, and savvy to the internet and I I kind of wish her the best because people were so over the top mean and it's like she's 14 like fucking a like there you know, it, it's it, it's so weird like Monica Lewinsky's another example of that where her scandal with with Bill Clinton basically followed her for decades and is still probably following her but she's still politically active and doing things um but I, I just can't imagine like your name is all of a sudden one of the most well-known names in America, and every late-night comedian is making fun of you uh, for something you did in private. Like the way the way the culture can latch onto a thing and just have it explode, like legitimately terrifies me. So I've got a friend who's got a couple kids, and uh, their their eldest, she's like turning into a teenager now. And um, and I saw him recently, and she was like, "Oh, hey, hey, Cameron, um, hey, look, I I got a Discord now. Look at look at all my Discord friends." And I had this like, this thing rushed rushed through my head because I remember her when she was a little girl, mm-hmm. and now it's like, please don't play any games that I play because I don't want you to see the stuff that I say. <laughs> like there, like literally, there's like a, it's like, why are you on the internet? Yeah, like it's just this like rush of things where it's like, no. Um, it, it's such a, there, <laughs> there are adults that aren't emotionally ready to go on the internet. Right. Um, there's, and then there's like kids that are growing up on the internet and it's like, I don't know how I feel about some of these people. The, Cause we've, we've learned pretty well that like removing anonymity hasn't stopped people from being the worst, like on Facebook and Twitter. Cause it, for one thing, I mean, it's, Facebook posts have gotten people fired. Twitter posts have gotten people fired because they said something really racist. And, like, you have your LinkedIn right there. I can find your boss and be like, hey, here's a screenshot. Um, it's so just kind of just like, oh, people are just kind of shitty, like, sometimes. Or maybe more than sometimes. And it's really depressing. And it was nice to spend quite a few years without the internet and not have to come to that conclusion so early. I don't, I don't know what it's like for kids growing up now where you literally... You need it for school. Like, you've got to, like, log into Blackboard or whatever to turn your fucking homework in. Like, you can't just be free of it for 10 years and then ease your way into it, which is kind of like what I ended up, well, something like what I ended up doing, right? Like, well, we had computers, but it took a bit for the internet to reach my house. And even then, I wasn't, like, totally prepared for it. My parents, you know, don't talk to strangers online. They might be pedophiles. It's like, yeah, they might be. There's pedophiles on the internet. 
not maybe not as many as you think, but they're they're there. Like, of course, now I'm worried about. There's just lots of worry. Maybe is the thing. It's all. It's very strange. It's very um. And, and again, like going back to like Chris Chan, like we were talking about. Um, you read his earlier comics, and they're so like, they really are just innocent little short stories. Sure. That he put he put a lot of thought into. Like he was clearly like stealing ideas from things, but putting them together to tell a new story. Um, it. <clears throat> excuse me. And it's just it's interesting, like watching this devolve into a thing where it affected his life so much. Like there is a chapter where um he's so upset about the Encyclopedia Dramatica website and 4chan. Uh, and he's so tired of people calling him gay that he did a he put out a whole chapter that was about all the characters having heterosexual sex and explaining the importance of safe sex. But also they go to the 4chan headquarters and like murder the boss, and then they also have sex later. And it's like well, that's not what the comic was about when you started. Like it was more like anime superpowers, and <laughs> it's like what in the this devolved very quickly because this is like a issue seven. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't blame him though, in a way, right? Like no. he's getting bullied so hard, and he doesn't know how to fight that's, back or do anything. And he's got that's this his power fantasy of his. Yeah, he's got this outlet. The problem is, is he's releasing his outlet to the people who will use it against him, and that it, it's that. It's also, um, like he, there, there might be a more healthy way to channel this, and something that a lot of people, I think, forget. You can do this. Um, this is. This predates internet times, too. But an old psychology tip when you need to feel better. Um, something you can do to get bad feelings out is you write a letter and then you just don't mail it. Sure. Because sometimes the you don't gain anything from conveying the information, but you release a lot of energy that you can't otherwise get out of your system. I, I can't tell you how many like emails or things I'll write not even like in an email, so I accidentally send it, but like I'll write out an angry message okay. and then just delete the whole thing. Yeah. And I feel better. There's no, there's no gain to get from telling someone they're stupid. There's times where maybe someone needs information and you can give it to them and maybe you want to be smart about it and bully them in the process. But if you're just doing the bullying part, there's zero gain there. So don't hit send. Right. And it's like, I wish people would maybe practice this. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think they would actually feel better. Because what happens is there's there's restraint where it's like, oh, I shouldn't send this. So then they don't actually type it up. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 type it up. <laughs> Just do it in a Word document. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never um, tried a whole lot of that, but I am I am trying to get be less confrontational online, and I have been for a while because uh, it's it's never worth it at all. I honestly, right now, um, you know what? This is different. Let me let me rethink how I want to phrase that, um, because this contradicts what my actual advice was. Just just think of something. Go to go to Twitter and find the first opinion you don't like. And write a very long essay telling them how stupid they are in a Word document. <laughs> like, that's my advice for everyone. Just, like, go ahead and try it. You you will actually feel better. You notice it. 
There's a certain level, too, if you do that and you actually try to put work into it, you're going to research whatever it is and probably come away knowing something. But, oh, yeah, potentially. If you want to actually cite your work, why not? I know. But, I mean, like, I'm look, I'm talking more about, like, emotional things where, oh, okay. like, if someone says, um, like, if somebody says, I think all lives matter, and you want to maybe explain some some of the nuance there's part of a reality that they will not be receptive to your message. And if anything, they'll retort back with something more infuriating. Mm -hmm. So instead write out what's important to you. Maybe even just write a letter to yourself. If, if you have to um like think of it that way, but don't waste energy on a stranger that does not want to hear from you because they're not going to receive anything you say. Right. <laughs> and then, if anything, that will make you feel worse. It it sucks. I, f I follow the um my favorite radio station in the area, and they'll post political stuff every once in a while because it's a radio station. They post news alongside stuff about music, and uh, learn pretty fast that there's at least a vocal minority, but it's probably split even or a slight majority of people that are not great people in lacrosse. They're just uh as far as politically or socially or man, I'm glad to see this headline where so-and-so got hurt because I don't like them. And just, it, it it makes you feel bad to know, like, your community has this in it. And you're just like, why can't we all just not be complete assholes or, like, take pleasure in other people's pain? Like, I know, like, schadenfreude is a word for that, but I always found that more like in a karma sense, not like a car hit a person sense. I tried to make a pun there, it didn't work. Almost, though. Almost. Swig and a miss. So I I don't know. If um if you guys walk away from anything about this, just like if you're having a rough day, um close your eyes and just tell yourself L is real. Twenty four oh four. Because L is real. He came back for us, and we also got an amazing sprite from Super Mario World where he's like flipping off the screen that they didn't use. It's it's quite charming. I love yeah. you, Luigi. Oh, do you have a do you have a glad space you want to uplift our negativity talk? God, I don't have anything particularly interesting. I've... So I do. Um, did you know that uh, there's like scientific reason to believe that humans are good? Uh, no, I did not. So there actually is. Is it because we're still alive and we made it this far? Or no? Oh, good, because that's um, probably it's, not it's, where it. It's actually in our nature. Um, there's kind of a problem with uh. I don't want to sound cliche by blaming, like, social norms. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of things where when we sit down to solve a problem, we typically problem solve by looking at potential negative outcomes and then trying to build a system around preventing the negative outcome. Okay. But there's a frame of thought that if you come from the perspective of trying to build around encouraging the good, that also works. But we're kind of trained to look for bad since that's the system we're in. Right. So I listened to this amazing... That's just the wrong website. I listened to this very fascinating interview. If I could only find the Dagum website, you stupid idiot, just... Okay, there it is. What's the episode called? Okay. Um, I want everyone... I've recommended this podcast in the past, and this might have actually been my glad space last week, but I'm drunk and I don't remember. <laughs> but I, I just, I really, right now, I, 
I want you guys, this is like an order, not a recommendation. You guys should listen to The Political Orphanage. It's like the single most enlightening political podcast I've ever listened to. Because this is a guy that's very um, disillusioned with the idea of blue versus red. And he also understands what politics is. Not the game of getting elected. Sure. Or being left or right. But actually, like, politics. Like, he understands what words mean. And he did this very interesting interview. There's an episode of his show called Lord of the Flies Got Things Wrong. And he interviewed this guy by the name of... Come on now. Uh, Rutger Bregman. And uh, Bregman wrote this book called Humankind, A Hopeful History, where he actually did very deep like research into actual reasoning behind why you should actually be optimistic of people. And... As someone who has spent their entire life being pessimistic, it literally changed the way I look at things. Oh, wow. I mean, and I, I you know me. Yeah, I've met you. You know how, how cynical, like, what's what's my favorite pastime? Looking up novelty child coffins? Oh, yeah. That was a good like, episode I, where we did that. I Someone, actually, there was just a 4chan thread where someone, like, posted a picture of one of those. And it turned into, like, a Photoshop contest where people are, like, photoshopping the, <laughs> the child <laughs> coffins into the Nintendo leaks. Oh, so it's nice. like, look, here's here's the beta version of Yoshi. And look, he has a little carriage to pull the child coffin. Um so I mean, I have I have problems I'm dealing with clearly. We all uh, do. this guy this guy spoke to me. <laughs> I need to listen to this. Me, I'm going to download this for tomorrow. Made me think about things a little different. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything he says. But you have to listen and at least acknowledge uh, that he did put his work in. And I think if you give it an honest listen, it will give you something to think about. Um, this does not mean you have to magically forgive all your enemies or something. Like, I'm not. This isn't like a, a self help book that will change your life. But right. I think a lot of us fall into negative habits that are actually easily broken. So arming yourself with a little extra knowledge will go a long way. So uh, look up The Political Orphanage. Uh, he interviews a bajillion super interesting things. Like You guys are going to want to follow the show. But look up Lord of the Flies, Got Things Wrong. And I, I really, this is an order. You got to listen to it. Please do. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message you like probably tonight when I forget to do this. And then I'm like, what was that again? And then I will download it for tomorrow. Yeah, I got a link here. I'll send that. One of the things I'm hoping to do somewhat soon is I want to, I want to like bike for 20 minutes a day, like up a hill and down the hill. Like I don't, nothing crazy, but I need to get better at exercising um, and listening to podcasts for 20, like like I can pick a week and like listen to an hour long podcast over, you know, three or four days, right? Depending on how much I bike. And so I, I think I'm going to be in the market for more podcasts soon, assuming I can force myself to do what I hate doing, which is exercise. But this would be a good way to do it, I think. <laughs> do you so do you do you have a glad space um i i guess uh so a friend of mine emily who's on the comics podcast uh she sent me a book that she had to read in college as for part of an assignment or whatever and it's uh for a sociology class i believe it's called how sex changed a history of transsexuality in the united states by joanne Merowitz. and uh, i've been kind of scrolling through this over the past couple weeks i'm not that far in it's 
basically kind of like a textbook, but it is a history of uh, what we call transgendered now, uh, but transsexuality is the term used because it was written like 2002. And it's been really, really fascinating because it's something that is really presented as a modern thing that you see now and it's in the zeitgeist now, but it's obviously, it's been around way fucking longer than that. And to see, uh, read excerpts of conversations from the 50s or the 20s or even like the 1910s on what gender means to people and how it can be altered depending on your mind, you know, just all of the, all of the stuff involved in that has, has been really, really, uh, kind of a cool, I don't want to say novelty, but it, it has been a neat, neat read so far. And I'm like 150, 160 pages in, something like that. So not more, more than like a third. Uh, but if you, if, if anybody here has ever been interested about this and would like to know where the conversation began in the United States, cause it began way, way sooner and, and in Europe for, for certain, but a lot of this is, it feels new. It is absolutely not. Uh, and it's, it's nice to see that, I guess. Like it, it I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure how I, I feel about it other than I've really been enjoying just reading through this and learning about something I don't know a whole lot about. And it is? Uh, the book title, once again, is... I'm scrolling up so I can get it right. Uh, How Sex Changed a History of Transsexuality in the United States. And I don't even know where you can buy this. I got a free PDF of it. But I bet it's out there somewhere. I got, I got like, a pet peeve. I hate... Well, I'll listen to a podcast and they'll, like... They'll recommend something... And they'll talk about it forever, about how interesting it is, and then say, so you should check it out. And I go, well, I can't remember what it's called, because I'm stupid. Sure. And it's not it's not just because I'm stupid, it's because half the time when someone recommends something, it'll be like, oh, I was playing this indie game, and it's it's like a made-up word, or it's called The Worker, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something vague. <laughs> it It is interesting to see like the debates that are going on now about uh, trans people. Like the exact same debates 50 years ago. It almost, the, you know, the wording's changed because we talk of it different. We use more slang now. We have more uh, jargon uh, when it comes to discussing this. But as far as this versus this, so little has, so much has changed, yet so little has changed. It, it's very fascinating. Uh, reading about this pre the feminist movement, because there's stuff about that, is, is also really, really kind of wild. Just like what makes a woman in the 1920s versus what makes a woman in 2020. Like, it is a, a remarkable uh, just historical footprint of of gender norms in a way, too. Like, there's there's a lot of just neat stuff in here. And, and some of it makes me cringe a bit because it's like, oh, that person wanted to be perceived as a woman, so she took pictures of herself vacuuming. And it's like, I fucking vacuum. <laughs> well, sometimes twice a week. The house gets dirty. And it, it, it's so crazy just where where we are now compared to where we were then. Shoot, did I send you those um those political ads from like the fifties? Um or maybe even the forties? I'm not sure. They were like anti suffrage ads. Oh god. And they were like posters that people would hang up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were hilarious. There's just one and the the art was amazing too. It's this like grumpy guy, but he's wearing like the apron and he's vacuuming. Um and he and he has a word bubble and it says I'd like to vote but my wife won't let me <laughs> and, it, and at the bottom it says is this the future you want 
but there were like dozens of these and they all made me laugh like that like it was i gotta find that tweet um it was a very interesting collection of of images that like i i'm not um there's a certain amount of it where it's like retro chic Mm -hmm. but also you could just run these ads today and they would probably work like there was a weird surrealism to it where it's like women are allowed to vote now but i feel like sometimes we're still having the same conversations so it's like yeah "Eh, just reprint these well, hell, there was a, a it was an article reposted on Snopes a couple weeks ago, but basically about how people acted during the Spanish flu versus how we're acting now, uh, because there was all of the stuff like, hey, we need to stay apart, we need to close businesses, we, people should be wearing protective gear so we don't cough on each other, and it was the exact same thing. We're like, no, fuck you, I want to go to the bar and I not want to wear a mask. You look stupid with a mask, and I'm gonna do this and this and this, and it's like so little has changed. Over 600,000 people died of the Spanish flu. And, and we did not fucking learn. It's crazy. Well, yeah. No, this happens regularly. I don't know why people are acting like this is going to... We're never going to shake hands again. And it's like, well, no, the humanity does this a lot. Right. Like, the whole idea of, like, history repeats. When you start looking at things like... It's not even that... Like, with the this book, you know, like, 100 years ago or less than 100 years ago. It's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And it's like... Yet, we're still repeating shit from then. You go back even further and you find out we're still reacting to a tragedy in the same way we do now. Like, it is really disheartening, but it's also kind of funny and also like, well, I guess, you know, aw shucks never change, right? Like, there's something a little comforting and be like, well, we were stupid as we were then as we are now and we're still here. That's got to count for something. Man, so I'm, I've been kind of uh, bummed out today. Um, I think, like, the last the last politician I believed in passed away. But also, it kind of, like, it made me realize, like, well, wait, will I ever believe in someone again? Like, will I ever vote for president again? Like, thinking about this was, like, it was, it was bumming me out. And sure. what, what bummed me out the most was that um, they announced that he passed, and it kind of hit me hard. And, but whatever, and I, you know, I clock into work, and I'm going through work. Then lunch comes, and I check Twitter, and it's mostly, um, it's people, like, celebrating that he's dead, or yelling at the people that are celebrating that he's dead. And it's like, I don't think anyone here is in the right now. I don't and it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta re-listen to that, um, Positivity podcast again. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm gonna need reminders, uh, weekly. I, I never, it, it is hard to wrap my head around some of the perverse satisfaction people get when other people die. I feel like there are a couple exceptions to that rule, but on the whole, dying bad, like, granted, there's so a couple I wanna... people I went to high school with that if I found out they were dead, I'd probably take a shot in celebration, so, you know, do as I say, not as I do, but... You know, I I, I think I talked about Ghost of Tsushima last week, right? Yes. I, I really I love the romance of the the samurai code mm-hmm. as a white guy that watches anime like much <laughs> of the studio that made that game um I really I really respect the idea that if you kill someone you should you should treat them with respect that they're a human being and you're ending their life mm-hmm. and it's not about uh I'm so glad that you're dead because you're my enemy it, it really should be about um like this is the this is the decision and moving forward you won't be alive 
and you have to kind of reflect on that. It's a it's a very strange thing for me, and it's almost like barbaric to get like worked up and happy that someone's dead. And I it, again, like we were talking about the trolling, where it's kind of like, wh- what's the gain here? Like when you're happy that someone's dead, d- are you inviting other people to be happy when you're dead? Like, is that a goal to achieve? Because you're setting a precedent. Sure. And I'm pretty sure that was the theme in Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? Like, wasn't the whole metaphor, like, it opens with the, the prophecy of the wolves, and then he's like, oh, I'm the king, so I must execute him, because I have honor. And then the other king, like, executed him, but he he had an executioner do it for him, because he's a puss. And that, yeah. like, foreshadowed the whole series, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's like, if if George R. R. Martin can do it, and he's a hack that reuses the word grope 20 times, um, you can Darwin, too. As the crow flies. I don't know if I had a point. I might cut this whole last part. That's fine. We want to quit? Anyway. Wanna, I don't know what we want to do tonight. I've, it's like 9.30 almost. I should probably shower. Woohoo! We're going we're gonna to take a shower, and you guys are all invited. Yeah, I come um, to my bathroom. Yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Star Trek, whether Chad wants to or not. That's fine. Next week, I'm going to have either a story about um, vocal lessons, and I'm going to be really happy, or I'm going to be super sad and it, inconsolable. Oh, a cliffhanger. Yeah. Tune in next week, everybody. Dun, dun, dun. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.